Welcome to the Vein Magazine podcast with Dr. Steve Elias, also known as Vein Specialist, sitting around, having drinks, and talking. Episode number six, EVF How, the European Venus Forum's hands-on workshop. Dr. Steve Elias is joined by EVF course directors, Dr. Marion DeMeisner, Thomas Urbanek, and Stephen Black to talk about the 2018 meeting and Venus education in Europe. Okay, so we're, we're recording a podcast, and obviously those of you who are listening, um, it's another one of our podcasts about vein specialists sitting around, having drinks, talking, Right. Right. So, do you guys Great. know? Do you know it all? First of all, let's say who's here. So we have Marianne de Meisner, right? Thomas Urbanek, 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 Thomas Urbanek, Thomas Urbanek from Poland. From, from Poland, yes. Marianne is from Belgium, and Mr. Black. He insists upon being called Mr. Black <laughs> rather than Doctor or Stephen Black from the Stephen UK. Stephen Black, I'm quite happy with that. You're happy with that, okay? <laughs> And what did you order? Do you have any idea what you ordered to drink, you guys? Some or no? local wine, but you know, if you are not from Cyprus, you can get. Uh, we, we hope to get something good. Okay, so yeah, let's tell everybody where we are. We're in Cyprus. We are in Cyprus. This is uh, next edition, ninth edition of EDF How Meeting. It's European Venus Forum How Meeting. The uh, meeting and the meeting and hands-on workshop. Uh, to practice phlebology and to get new information dedicated to the participants that are both experienced and beginners. You notice how he just jumped in there? Yeah. He didn't like, like, like you talk or you talk. He, you moved right in. You just, you, you. I think you. Uh, Thomas you this is down. the boss. You are the, you are in charge here. Is that it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but how did Marianne? How did this start? It started already uh, nine years ago. Uh, it was started by Boe um, Klof and Peter Neglen, two famous people in phlebology, and they uh, wanted to do uh, some hands-on delegates could also practice things by using uh, material that industry uh, would would bring, and together you know faculty collaborate in some kind of workstations uh, to be able to really try to have more insight in superficial and deep venous work and uh, do as much hands-on as possible. Of course you can't do everything in uh, life procedures but you can see the material, discuss things, strategies and so on. Now have you been involved with this from the beginning? Not from the very beginning, uh, but uh, I, I think I was there for the first time in uh, 2012. 12, okay. Also in, uh, in Cyprus. And That's about six. And Steve, you've been here for a, wh- a while, right? Yeah, so I... And I, you, you and who were named as the... Air parents. When were you named Air parents? How many years ago? So that's From that's Bo two years Peter. ago. So Bo handed over to Marianne, and, and Peter handed over to me this meeting two years ago, which was uh, which was was fun. And I mean, Peter's Peter got me involved in this meeting five years ago when 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 he came out to practice some cases at, at, at my hospital and and dragged me along. He made me attend as an attendee first. I had to go around each workstation and then 
be involved in the meeting, which was probably a really good way of getting to know the, the meeting and understand it. And yeah. it was very instructive. Yeah, so then, um, but yeah, Peter, to Peter, I'm, I'm immensely grateful for both Peter and Bo for everything they did for me personally and this space in Europe. They've really changed the, the way we think about training here. So why are we in Cyprus? I mean, it's like one of the harder places to get to in the world. How did, how did we wind up in Cyprus? Well, Cyprus has a long history um, because, of course, uh, we have uh, Professor Nicolaides, Andrew Nicolaides, who is from Cyprus, and uh, he is more or less the father of the European Venus Forum. He's the director of this uh, uh, organization. And also, um, Boeklov and uh, Peter Neglin, they, they um, uh, have been, and Peter is still uh, living here part of the year in Cyprus. Uh -huh. So that's the connection. And um, they had organized, even before the EBFHAO came here, other meetings in, in Cyprus. Uh, Cyprus for guidelines and things like that. So it, it is uh, basically because of Andrew and, and, and Peter and, and Bo. They have all the history with uh, Cyprus. And um, yeah, we uh, moved here several times uh, to, to do this meeting here. Now you've had the meeting other places as yes. well right yeah. so it's what is it every other year it's in what every other year it's been in cyprus yeah and then every other year it's been somewhere else yeah we have had it in stockholm and in krakow twice yeah, in krakow twice we tried to move from one place to another from one side of the europe to another one and uh, there are projections for next year in uh, Irmala, that is near to Riga in Latvia. In Latvia next so year. So we, we want to encourage the big number of people to come to see what we do and uh, what we can share. That's why the idea is to move from one place to another one. And also in two years it would be in Porto. We try to, to go to places where it's not too expensive right. in the more or less low season uh -huh. to keep the price for the, for the course and for the um, accommodation as low as possible. Of course, certain places are more difficult to reach than other places. And also to reach new people in new regions. Yeah, so what, where would you say the great majority, Steve, like the great majority of people Comfort. Can you say that we're the great majority of the, you guys call it learners, yeah, rather than attendees. Where the learners come from? Well, I think it depends on where you ha you hold the meeting. So if you are in Cyprus, we tend to attract uh, a lot of uh, attendees or learners from Middle East, from uh, Northern Africa, potentially from India and the subcontinent because they seem to be able to find a way here. If we're in Eastern Europe, then you have a, a preponderance of attendees from the Eastern European countries. We get you know, from Russia, from the Baltic states and, and so on. If you go to Western Europe, then you'll probably get better attendance from uh, the Western European countries. The, the difficult regions to attract attendance for the French um, and Italians who don't really move much out of the Germans. So wait, the French, own, the Italian yeah. and the Germans in general stay within their own countries? countries. Yeah, because yes. they have very good uh, training program. programs and education programs and sessions in their own language. Yes. And this, uh, the EBF How is always in English. Yeah. But uh, so countries which have a good education in their own language, they like stay there. Spain, Italy, Germany, and so that's France. what I was going yeah. to ask you about the language uh, barrier, if there is a barrier, because I mean, you know, having been here many times, some years you get people that are like, 
99% of them are fairly good in English, and then sometimes you get people who are like, they can hardly communicate. Have you ever, you let people know, obviously, it's, it's in English, and it's their choice. Do you think that's been a barrier at all? To, to people coming? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think uh, you, you see great attendance from people and you work a way through it. It's quite an interesting experience. I think it's an eye-opening thing for me as a, a, an English-speaking person from South Africa, just how good English is in the majority of Europe. And it, it sort of puts us as native English speakers to shame sometimes, just how bad we are managing to speak another language. Yeah. Uh, but we do get people like uh, there's a chap on the course this week who's bought a translator with him who's following him around uh, it's his daughter but she's oh, really? following him around from station to station from and she's, trans yeah. she's translating he's from yeah from Kazakhstan wow so you know people will find a solution to attend the course and uh, it's part of the, uh, the attraction of Europe uh, which you know pains me as uh, somebody working in England where we're voting for Brexit but the attraction of Europe has been that inclusivity of various regions who find a way you know yeah. to be inclusive and also certain societies they choose to do their yes. own meeting in um, wait in wait marianne you stop talking we're now having our yeah. drinks here we're saying <laughs> cheers. cheers everybody cheers, cheers, cheers. and uh what have you what are you drinking steve this, this, uh, i've gone for uh, lafraig uh, single malt scotch whiskey okay and i've gone for a scotch whiskey as well so we'll all have a drink and take a break in the uh, in the action so it, you know obviously meetings I'm from America as you can well guess that we don't have this issue this language issue as much in America and um, we also we are a semi homogeneous type of culture so talk to me about the, the any any cultural issues here or issues that various countries have different ways of practicing managing vein disease and or managing their patients, whether it's everybody gets general anesthesia, people are working in a private situation, in a public situation, that is much more variable around here. We have here the people with um, big experience in phlebology, with the years of practice, like uh, 20, 30 years, it happens. And we have also the people that started right now, or they start uh, at the moment, and they practice. We have the people from public hospitals, from private centers, and this is what is probably most challenging, people coming from different places in terms of economy, where there is reimbursement or no reimbursement, when they can have arranged everything from the beginning to the end, or if they work in the system when there is full reimbursement for everything. So this is a challenge for us and also for them to adapt this what we want to show them to adapt to their condition because we can speak about various technologies but that it can turn out that uh, they can afford only this so right. but the, anyway they adapt this what they see here to their condition and uh, for sure they bring something home and what do you think about the companies steve i mean the, the companies feel it's worth their while if many of the because there are technologies here that are not available in many of the countries. But mm. but what still do you think brings the companies here despite well, that? I, I, I think the challenge uh, with the engagement we have with our industry partners is to help them understand that being invested in Venus education is a long-term investment in a space that will grow over time and they will see the rewards maybe not in this year or in this financial year, but over a length of time of increasing Venus education and having better practice we're all going to benefit from that 
rising tide takes up all ships. Yeah. Certain industry partners very much buy into that, and I think we've had some some long-term partners like uh, Philips Volcano and uh, Medtronic who've been part of this meeting from the very beginning, who have totally understood that message. Uh, others have struggled a bit more with uh, seeing uh, not many leads generated from each right. of these meetings where they haven't sold, and that that's that's a bit of you know the education is for us uh, how we engage and for industry to to see the long-term vision, which is sometimes a challenge. I mean, I think that is clearly a challenge for us on occasion, yeah. but I would say, you know, we've got many good partners who come to this meeting year after year and have invested um, a lot in, in, in proper education. And, and that's, I think the rewards come, the rewards yeah. come for nothing. And I, for I sure. think the challenge is many times for the, the smaller startup type of companies that don't have the funding and the support for them to buy into what you just said, Steve, that it's a long-term commitment. Actually, perversely, what I would say is some of the smaller companies, this is a much easier, they're more agile and they're more mobile. They can get to markets and do things to help them get a foothold in places where some of the bigger companies struggle to, to do that. You know, So um, I think, uh, you know, hopefully... Our, our challenge is to sell a vision and a product that that appeals to both uh, attendees and learners year after year and appeals to industry to give them value from the program. Uh, and if we don't deliver a good program and a good environment, then then people will not come. So it's got to be both, uh, both sides. Um, but they usually are very impressed with the quality of the scientific program yeah. and also the faculty that we are able to, to engage here because we have really people who have uh, published in the field who, who are really leaders uh, in their specific um, part of uh, famous activity, let's say. And this is uh, very important that companies appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, on the note of the faculty, you've been faculty at this course for a long time. Yeah. This, this, this program is one of the hardest programs for a faculty member. You work when you come here. And that was Bo and Peter's uh, design at the beginning uh, that made it uh, so. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of time commitment uh, compared to some of the other hands-on yes. workshops that exist around the world. This is a very uh, intense program. So we, we have to be, I mean, we are very thankful to the faculty members who, who do come and spend three or four days with us working working very hard yeah but you uh, create, at the end of it but you create a feeling among the faculty like you know we're part of the team mm -hmm. and despite the fact that we're we're giving talks but but every day we're also doing four hours of uh hands-on and many times it's the 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 same discussion every half hour so four times three is 12 hours of hands-on it's not like we're coming to a meeting giving two talks and sitting out in the sun the rest of the time which maybe we should talk about that a little bit. No, my <laughs> <laughs> we need the sun once in a while. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. But I, no, I want to change change it a little bit to the 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 diversity of the people that come here. I mean, you had a really great case today. Presentation of uh, management of Cerulea Dolans, and basically in a in a hospital setting in a clinical setting where. The physician did not have everything at his disposal that maybe I have, or Steve, you have, or Thomas, you have, or Marianne, you would have. And what impressed all of us was, and what I think people learned, and Steve and I, we spoke about, was 
how do you take care of a difficult problem with what you got mm -hmm. in your country? Yeah. And that, I yeah. think, is something that this meeting brings out because of the diversity in what's available in, in the countries. No, no, I, I, I'd echo that totally. Obviously, I trained in South Africa and I recall the days of working in a hospital where you had no access to modern technology and modern equipment. And that case today from, from Dr. Shah from India was was illuminating for that point. He, he did a really great job yeah. with an extremely difficult patient. And actually, what was interesting to me was in our hospitals, we tend to think of the complex solutions. He had only basic equipment. It was a very basic solution to the problem and it worked for the patient. Right. He saved a leg, he saved a life. She was all right at the end of it with effectively a Fogarty balloon and Eshmark bandage. That right. was it. You know, no, it was that's great. all he had. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, we, you know, sometimes it's good to take a step back and recognize that we don't need to overcomplicate treatments all the time to get mm -hmm. an effective result. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And every year we have this kind of case presentations yeah. uh, which come from all over the world and uh, really. Uh, bring us back to earth let's say yeah, and, the, the and, participants has yeah. can can have fully different perspective we yeah. speak from the side of the hospitals where we have green stands i was whatever and uh, then we see the reality and mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's really amazing and this is not only concerning such a cases like plagnesia when you speak about sclerotherapy about very simple Even, things yeah. in a daily practice they have their own approach and collecting this what we can bring them as a knowledge and experience they then try to find their own way and I think that also for this discourse is important because we meet the people with different perspective and we can show them also some solution that can be adopted or not in their own conditions. So I think that uh, for both experience and knowledge it's so very what, So, so in, in what we're talking about this, I have an idea for maybe this uh, something else in this course and tell me what you think about it going forward. What if we have a panel of faculty we have two or three faculty up there, and we say we present a case to the faculty and say to them, this is all you have available to treat this. So in other words, you say this, what you have in this patient is you have a C-arm, ultrasound, and whatever. And wouldn't it be interesting to see what the faculty would come up with? How would they solve this problem? Not saying, oh, bring in the IVIS machine, bring in the this or that. I think the attendees would enjoy seeing the faculty, knowing that all they have, or a superficial case, all you have is a is a laser and a whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. this, could be, this could be very interesting. I think that doing this in a big congress, like, you know, American Venus Forum or whatever, this can bring some of the new qualities. And, and I think that we see here this every year and having any of this workshop if we speak with someone that uh, has to do for example sclerotherapy and has no access to transillumination and has to treat any feeding veins how to do this so these people are already in with this kind of problems and i think that uh, but I this, think this, this I, could be a challenge for they, the, they, for they the would conference. enjoy seeing the faculty kind of squirm a little bit struggling. Yeah. <laughs> that struggle that they yeah. this is all they got to do i think this can be nice surprise for any of the cases to yeah. present the case and to ask the i mean this most experienced people to sit down and to answer the question yeah. that these people the, the people who attend the meeting has to answer every day yeah. mm -hmm. so what else might you ch change about this meeting because i mean you know we all run meetings and we always think at the end of any meeting, what can we do different? What can we add? What do we do? So, what what do you guys 
have any thoughts about what you might do differently? So, I, you know, we've discussed this a little bit over the course of the last few days. What I'd really like to see is a coherent Venus training program that goes across both America and Europe and Asia and the Pacific, wherever we take it, that gives a consistent message to people who are learning Venus disease across the world. At the moment, we have probably the biggest challenge we have is we have slightly different messages that come out, which are often contradictory in Venus disease. And there's probably a critical mass of us who all think in similar ways. And I would like us to have a consistent program of Venus training that, that uh, or phlebological training that carries through America, Europe, and so on, where we com- we complement the courses as we as we take them around uh, places as they go. So somebody who attends can see that we're having a, a curriculum, if you will, right. that is that 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 speaks to training that we're all we're all buying into, which will help to standardise the language. That standardise the outcome measures that we that we use, standardise all the things that that we try in Venus to 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 be able to compare and and develop the space in a in a in a proper way. And there is a lot of lack of uniform reporting. Yeah. That right. is what we struggle with every day. Let's say also right. in, but in the, scientific but, but there's uniformity, or there's societal guidelines, and then there is. I think what Steve was thinking of is not going around the world saying these are the guidelines instead getting the group you know we can name the people who educate around the world different at different meetings and the 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 leaders of those and if those leaders could all get together and come up with like you say a cohesive course that's going in general obviously with leeway in between but this is the message we want to give yeah, you know, and one of the main messages that we're struggling with, and I know in Europe they're struggling with, and certainly in America, is the is the overuse and abuse of procedures and incorrect procedures, and I think this is something that we need to address at every meeting. At this point, well, I think I think you're right. As educators, we need to set the right message. We need to set the right standard that people are going to be uh, treating towards. And we need to call out the rogue elements that are yeah. driving madness in, in our fields. So I think something that allows that consistency, once you get a consistent message across all all areas, and we're driving a consistent mantra the whole time, we will find we get buy-in of a, of a way to treat patients. And I think your point on on appropriateness of care is, is exactly... Uh, you know, as we, as you know, you contributed to the Endovascular Today uh, journal that we put out, which was all about appropriateness. Right. And I think we're all struggling with that at the moment, is making sure the the treatments that will damage the whole field are not allowed to 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 gain credibility and grow. You know, we've we've seen the mesh scandals, we've seen the right. the other things that have started mm-hmm. to erupt, and we 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 cannot, as the leaders in this field, allow that to happen in Venus, and yeah. and that's going to be how we educate people properly. And yeah, and I think educating them properly and then, but but highlighting this because newcomers to the field may not be aware of what's going on out there. And if you catch people early and do what we say at the meetings and talk about the appropriateness, hopefully they will not over, over treat or, or over, overuse and stuff. And the question is, can we do this such a program involving the activities like EVF how at the European level or for example at the North American level or Australia 
we have such a big differences between the countries in, in Europe, not concerning the culture and economy, but concerning the educative system. Right now, there are some proposals to, to adopt the, the UMS supported initiative or creating the criteria for the trainees and training people, training uh -huh. center. But this is just the beginning in Europe. The document is already uh, available on the UMS web page. And there is the proposal that should be implemented at the national level. The question is, uh, will you find the people that would like to work at the national level to unify the program, as Steve proposed, to have more or less the same kind of education. But anyway, even if not, uh, the, 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 the initiative like EBF How has to give the people the chance to, to update their knowledge and to learn from the people what they should do and what probably they should avoid. And I think oh, well, right. this is That's also important, important, yeah? The do nots, I think. Yeah, the do nots, are, right, what not to exactly. do. Yeah. And sometimes what not to do is easier to identify yeah. than what to do, you know. Well, I, I think, I think well, the, the training element where there's a will, there's a way. Often the obstruction to all of this engagement is politics, isn't it? So yeah. we all sit around, we want to do things together, but we find we run into politics all the time. We've all struggled with that, with the organizations we work within and the structures we work within. If we put the education above that politics, we will probably make progress. And the second part of that is if we put what we're trying to do, which is generate good patient care above the politics, we will also achieve more mm -hmm. things than we need to do. And, and that's the challenge for us as educators is to rise above Right. Some of the right. stuff that causes us to not be able to make progress, and then we can we can actually train people appropriately. Right, and I, you know, you, you know, where I honestly think, and, and believe me, I belong to a lot of societies as all of you do, but the non-societal meetings, in general, are easier for people to collaborate on the mem the the people who run non-societal meetings and societal meetings, because the societal meetings. The president changes, the vice With the non-societal meetings, you have the same people running the meetings. And so I think if we go to the non-societal meetings that are, that are big meetings, obviously Charing Cross is not a societal meeting, New York Venus Symposium is not, whatever, we run the expert Venus management in New York, that's not. Are there meetings in Europe that are non-societal meetings? The EVF how is connected with EVF. Yeah. But but as Steve points out, it's easier to go around the politics if you if you it's not going through society. And I I don't want to say, but societies in general are slow moving, and they're very personality driven, which is hard to get around. So so subverting that or, or going around that may be a better way to to go. Well, I, I mean, I think you're right. We fought. You find pol fight politics and everything, and sometimes uh, being a South African, uh, I'm slightly blunt and I don't necessarily understand politics as well as uh, the next person, and I'll say what I think. Right. And that tends to run you into into problems from time to time. And uh, I think, but actually, you know what? Sometimes we have to challenge dogma, and we have to we have to make people think about what are they trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve being the leader of an organization, or you're trying to achieve being the leader of a group of people wanting to treat patients better. And that's a, a different philosophy. And I think that's, right. that's uh, what we what we need to, you know, times have changed, thinking changes. You look at what's happening around the world, everything yeah. is being challenged at the moment. And we need to, we need to put 
appropriate care at the heart of everything we do. And if we do that, we will, we will achieve good things as a group of educators. Yes, Tomas is nodding his head for those of you who are listening and not looking on the video. So you agree with this? Can you repeat, please? I, I say you you agree with what Steve said. I said you're nodding your head, but you're you're. Yep. Uh, there's no video. There's no they video. They can't so, see the head nodding. So you, you you need to say yes. Okay. Lastly, let's let's kind of finish up uh, a little bit here. So we're heading next year. EVF Howe is heading to Latvia. Latvia, Yurmala, it's uh, 20 kilometers from Riga and... Uh, 20 kilometers from Riga. Exactly, in Latvia and this, So, this, this, some this. people listening in the United States may not have any idea on the map. If you showed them the map of Europe, they would not even know what Latvia is. It's okay, so, so tell, if, tell them if, where they... If, if you see the Germany, then go right. Go. You see the Baltic Sea. <laughs> you go right, <laughs> right from right. Germany. You, you go east. You turn to the east or west. <laughs> what are you okay. Okay, the, I was looking on the European map, so the right That's was right was uh, east, of course. Uh, okay, so, so so right so, is so, east. So it's Germany. You have to go through Poland, <laughs> then you have uh, uh, Lithuania, and then you have the Latvia. So this is uh, and this is a country, Latvia, right? Country, okay. Latvia. Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the Baltic Just states. It's, it's, America. Yeah. It's, it's, America. This is a special me message for North America. That's right. This is uh, what I want. It is, uh, yeah. it North is North America. Okay, <laughs> but all this. Baltic countries are very nice countries with uh, wonderful culture, wonderful people. It's uh, Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia. And Riga is the capital of um, uh, Latvia, very nice city, beautiful city. And Jurmala is a small place at the seaside 20 kilometers far. Uh, so the approach by uh, by airplane is very easy because they have the international, international airport in, in in Riga and you can arrive there. Now let me and ask you this: Do you need a visa to go to Latvia? Uh, no, no. For, no, this is. I just want to make this sure is, this is the part of European Community. So okay. the same rules as for all European countries. Uh, they have also as a currency they have a euro. The yeah. euro. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so next probably year probably you can exchange dollars. There. Okay, so <laughs> next year when when is what what is the dates? Seventeen to nineteen October. So October seventeen to nineteen. Yeah. Okay, in Latvia. In Latvia. Now, speaking of the countries with an L, the final question is: We have not heard anything about Liechtenstein. Is it still a country, Liechtenstein? I think so. Yeah. yeah. You think so? Uh, I think we so. don't know if it's a country. <laughs> have you heard anything about Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein. lately? I was well, still part of the Benilux group, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's... It's, it's, it has nothing to do with Benilux. Nothing with Benilux. <laughs> no, no, there you go. What about I'm Lichtenstein? I've exposed my ignorance. Well, I, I, no. I didn't even know L it was still a country. Is, uh, is a it's definitely still a country. It's definitely still a country. state. Uh, yes? Yeah. But Tomas, this was not mentioned in my country for many years, so I cannot oh, confirm. Okay. <laughs> so we finish up and we're finishing our drinks. And uh, thank you guys for uh, participating. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have your thoughts on this episode and the Vein podcast. Review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.